0: Everyone, this week, we're giving away a one year subscription to pushlink.com. P U S H L Y N K. It's valued at about 600 bucks. Pushlink allows you to send push notifications to your subscribers on almost any platform. The fact is, push notifications get about 10 times the response rate when compared to traditional email. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a quick snapshot or picture showing you're subscribed and text it to 716. 716- 218 8981, or you can email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Jonathan Grisbowski. He's a rogue risk taker turned entrepreneur and national thought leader in digital marketing and branding. He's also the co founder of Penji, an on demand graphic membership without limitations. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design, unlimited revisions, at one flat monthly rate. That is all powered by our easy to use platform. Jonathan's also the host of the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, so welcome to the show, Jonathan.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a uh, it's an honor and really excited to to share our story and hopefully provide some value along the way.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because you know I we all hear about SaaS companies, right? Software as a service. But today we're going to take a little bit different path. It's, there's some similarities, but your company is a little bit more defined as what, what you called a pass, right? Which is a platform as a service, right? So we're going to dive into that a little bit. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about what you got going on over there at Penji, and then we'll dive in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as you eloquently mentioned, you know, Penji is an on-demand graphic design membership, and, and for the longest time, we 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 really thought about what it is that Penji does, and it's not necessarily a service. We don't like calling our the people that pay us clients, and it's so much more than just the service because you partially get a friend and a designer that you can talk to. So what we call it, uh, is as a membership. And so the membership allows you the ability to kind of get built to get into this ecosystem where we help one another out and that's kind of like where we are now with penji and so if you were to become a member of penji you can submit as many graphic design requests as you would like it could be anything from a logo to a business card to marketing materials social media content and we also do web and app design and it's all at a flat monthly rate so we do as many as we possibly can throughout the month. There's no limit to it, and we send it back to you. You own everything. You get all the source files, so then you can post it to your favorite social platform, give it to one of your clients, or use it on uh, for your own internal marketing.
0: Yeah, it sounds like almost like a no-brainer, especially for you know internal agencies or you know outsourced agencies. I mean, it sounds almost like a no-brainer for 350 bucks a month. You get a dedicated resource to just churn out as many graphics as you really need, right?
1: Well, you know, I would I would say so. Obviously I'm I'm biased, of course, <laughs> but I, I can say that one of the hardest things to do is because this philosophy of unlimited graphic design is this new, this relatively new thing, in our opinion, we're completely disrupting the space by changing the way you receive designs. So Yeah, we think it's a no brainer, but there's also that level of education that you have to give to the client because at times some people need a designer, right? And then they want to hire us. But then there's other times where they don't need to hire a designer, but they feel as if that, like an organization or a membership model like ours, is trying to take away from their existing business. We're trying to fire their designers. And that's not the case at all. We act for agencies in particular, a supplement to their existing teams. So maybe the current team is is doing a design sprint, right? Or maybe the current team is the head designer, the lead designer is doing junior level design work. That happens far too often. Or if you're a small business, maybe the, or an internal marketing team, maybe the person is doing the designs themselves, right? So there's a lot of things that are happening. And so we're want to come in and be able to say, listen, we just want to take all this off your plate. Let you focus on what you do best and focus on your business, focus on growth. And we'll do the design piece. And we created a pretty intuitive all-in-one platform that allows you to communicate and manage all of this. And we find it relatively easy to use.
0: Perfect. So how big is Penji? I mean, whether you want to give it to me, whether it be in revenue or employees or growth, just give us some sort of scale of how big Penji is today and when you started.
1: Yeah. So I'll kind of start off with how we started. Uh, we started on October 21st and uh i remember that day in particular because it was the day after a huge event that we threw and so we came up with the idea in june of last year and it had no software no nothing behind it it was just an idea and we implemented it pretty much the day we got off the plane in vietnam when we came up with the idea and we started selling this service to people and not really knowing anything about it and we started selling this like platform so to speak that we inevitably create it for ourselves. So we were once an agency at one point in time, and we created this tool for to scale our internal processes. And after looking at this tool and seeing the opportunity here, we realized that this tool is far greater and can help a lot of people. So in October was the day that we actually launched the platform, and then since that day, uh, we have over 200 and I believe 57, 57 ish customers paying us on a monthly basis. And it's growing pretty steadily uh, every single month. We have a team of about 30 people in total, and that includes designers and and executives and people on the marketing team and sales teams. We're international too, from a customer perspective. So we have customers all over the world including you know, the United States, of course, and all over the United States. And our team is also worldwide, too. So
0: if I do the math, it's 349 a month and you have about 257 clients. And if I just do round math, that's about roughly ninety grand a month in monthly recurring revenue. Is that, is that somewhat accurate? Yes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So you're already on a runway of over a million dollars a year. And you're literally just getting started. You've just got your first couple hundred customers. You're really starting to dial in. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So that's awesome. So you guys are growing really quickly. And I think in the in the pre-call, we talked about your cash flow positive. You haven't taken on any financing, right?
1: No, not at all. And that's something that we're really, really proud of. I think a lot of, and this is no disrespect to the companies that are growing right now, but there's this philosophy where people feel as if that they need this idea, when they have this idea that they immediately need to go out and raise money and we kind of want to change that narrative where hey you know we were luckily enough to have the resources and an existing business ahead of time and so a lot of our our resources and our technology and things like that were stemmed from the people that we already had so you know that is something that we're truly blessed on however you know yeah we're cash flow positive and we want to try to remain that as much as as long as we possibly can and without having to take on that additional stress of capital, of, of VC money, uh, angel money, et cetera.
0: In a per- perfect world, would you would you just continue to not take on capital? Or do you see some point in the future here where you're going to be looking for some an infusion in capital to really start scaling?
1: I think there is an opportunity. It's one of those things where you can never say never, because if the opportunity just is right, then you, you know, you'd be foolish not to go with it. However, we do have technological advances within our infrastructure that we're looking for, or that we're looking to create things that nobody in our competitions or of our competition is even considering doing at this moment, at least from what we see or have done. So, yeah, you know, we know that technological advances are needed. We know that requires a lot of money, but you know, again, if the timing is right, if it fits, it makes sense, then we'll do it. But at this moment, we're just literally focusing on. How can we scale and grow the the product from the production level, but also from a sales aspect too?
0: Perfect. So what I'm curious about and what I think my audience would get a ton of value out of is you just went through your first, basically your first, what, nine months, right? About your first nine or 10 months of business, right? You started October, November, December, and then, yeah, so you're about nine months into this deal, and which is always a really challenging time, getting traction with your first 10, 50, 100, couple hundred customers, you've went through that cycle already. Can you share with us kind of that evolution of how you got started, how you got those first couple hundred customers, you know, break that down for us a little bit, if you would, and maybe some of the things you learned from that.
1: Yeah. So I can say the people that are listening, if they're just starting out or they're just trying to figure out sales, the first thing, and this is so cliche, is to simply just go out and do it. We developed strategies that were 100% not scalable. And so when we first started the idea, we sent out a survey to our network. Our network consisted of about like, uh, you know, somewhere around 200 emails or so. And we sent surveys saying like, hey, if, what are your thoughts on this? Do you like it? Do you want it? Are you interested in it? Would you be interested in it? Yes, no, maybe so. And so they came back to us, some of them, told us to F off and they didn't respond to us at all. That's totally cool. And there's other people that said maybe, and there's a bunch of people that said yes to the people that said, yes, we reached out to them once the timing was right. And we said, well, yeah, you know, we built it. Are you ready? And the short answer to the question was, yeah, they did. So, you know, we had a bulk base of people that were there. We also converted a lot of our customers from our existing agency over to Penji. So that was good too. Before we go forward,
0: Uh, that survey, that approach you took with the survey of your existing network, where you kind of put it out there, the what if, mm -hmm. um, what do you think that generated you of your first, because you're at what, 257, let's call it 260 customers right now. Of the 260, how many do you think that generated for you that initial survey, that initial plunge?
1: Yeah, I'd say close to around 40.
0: 40. Okay, good. So that's a nice yeah. jump. That was a really yeah, nice that was
1: jump. From the sur- that was from the survey. And then and then from the actual business itself, we brought over, you know, I'd say close to that. That's kind of like from that and our network, that kind of got us to 100 almost right away.
0: Oh, great. So how long did it take you to get to your first hundred roughly? I mean, was it three months probably? Yeah, it
1: was roughly around three months. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Okay, great. So keep going. Dive in and tell us about what some of the other things you did and what you learned
1: yeah and well what what we learned from that experience is the first group of customers that we had and and of course people quit along the way so we didn't have a consistent 100 all the time but we thought when we first started that we would our business would be perfect for startups because it was at this like pricing tier where we knew that it was great for people who didn't have money it was people it was great for people who didn't necessarily, who had an idea and are trying to figure it out. But it was also great for people who had an existing business and had cash flow and could pay us on a monthly basis. So startups was like our our original group of target audience. And we were so wrong from that initial reaction. And so like what we learned from it was just because you say and you tell your team that this is going to be the product market fit, It doesn't mean that it's right. And the only way to do that is to be make is to track everything and to write down every little thing from a sales perspective, from how you're getting the sale, as to what industry they're in, where they came from. And we did not do that at all in the very beginning. That was the the core thing. But I do want to add every time that we got money from or received a, a member and a member paid us we invested all the money directly back into the business. So we weren't necessarily, it was just a revolving door. Once we got the funds, the cash flow in order to, that we received the cash flow after all of our expenses and et cetera, we put it towards advertisements. We put it towards sponsoring uh, particular like events and strategies, influencers, et cetera. And we wasted a lot of money in the very beginning And now it's from like hiring. We wasted a lot of money for just like sponsoring. We wasted a lot of money in ads. And that was because we had, we didn't, again, we didn't track everything. It goes back to that theme of like being prepared and tracking things. Now, every little minute detail, and this is like the core thing that we've learned. Everything is tracked. How many emails are being sent on a daily basis? How many people have responded to those emails? What are the ad copies that we're using and from what period? And how much did that, are we spending? And how many uh, people did it reach? And how many conversions did we get from that particular advertisement? If you're not looking at that data, and if you don't have the data, then you can't make a smart decision. You cannot make a smart business decision. I'll so just that, leave it at that.
0: That sounds like a lot of data. Do you have a system for tracking that? I mean, what, what are you using? I mean, are you just using Google Sheets? Or do you have like yeah, you know, I mean, I wish there was system? like system?
1: I wish there was like some really complex like software. Even if there was, I don't even know if we would use it. I'm sure somebody listening might be like, well, you know, you can use my software. or You can f- use X or whatever it is. I think for us, it's all about what works for you. And sure. we're using a Google Sheet. It's you know nothing crazy. Granted, it's like a multiple versions of the sheet and it's multiple things that we're tracking. But yeah, it's just a variation of multiple Google Sheets that we are all tracking this data.
0: So you, it's basically like a repository where you're testing all these different ideas and you're tracking the results and the ones that don't work, you're obviously probably stopping those and the ones that do, you're doubling down on those and continuing to track what's working.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's it. Cool. That's exactly right. It's all just right. rinse and repeat.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So beyond beyond that survey, you mentioned a lot of different tactics. You know, you said influencer marketing, you said paid ads, you said a couple of other things. Tell us the things to this point, regardless of whether the reason for it, regardless of whether it was your lack of tracking or whatever the case may be, what are a couple of things that definitely didn't work for you? And then on the other side of the coin, what are a couple of things that are definitely working right now for you as far as getting new clients?
1: Yeah. So the things that aren't working, it's not necessarily not working, but it's more so just refining the process. You know, advertisements are always something that need to be more refined. And I wouldn't add that into a category of not working, but I would say that advertisements are something that, you know, getting your name across and finding that perfect thing, that perfect ad is so critical because you think something could relate to a particular business or a particular demographic. But the fact of the matter is, is that it changes and it changes a lot. And so you need to kind of be up with the times and and just change your messaging around, Coming up with different ad scripts, variations of that same ad script, finding new places to market to. So there isn't like that one place where it's like 100% this is where we're going and investing all of our money in.
0: So let me put it this way, because I think when we talked beforehand, I think this will make it easier for you. If you had X amount of dollars to spend and you could only do one thing, of all the things you're doing right now, what would be the first thing you would cut? And what would be the thing that you would double down on?
1: Yeah, I would probably cut like the cold, the cold outreach. Okay. So a lot of people can get a lot of uh, success with like cold emails, right? Okay. Cold emails worked originally, but when it comes down to it at the end of the day, like a cold email to a business, a cold email to like an agency or something like that, it doesn't convert as quickly and as fast as like an ad would, for example. So if we were to uh, invest in money... If we were to invest our money, invest our dollar into something, I would say, number one, it would be advertisements.
0: What ads? What platform?
1: I would say Facebook.
0: Facebook at this point? And tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about what what a campaign like that might look like. I mean, what's something that's worked for you at a little bit more micro level as far as a campaign? Is it some sort of a trial offer? Is it some sort of a, you know, you're working with an influencer on Facebook? What, what What's, tell us a little bit, pull that onion back a little bit further.
1: Yep, that's fine. So when it comes to advertisements on on Facebook, what we realize is the specialization matters for the longest time. And this is kind of why I originally started with it. With this was the overarching theme of like entrepreneurs, business professionals, etc. It's so saturated, right? There's so many people trying to go after that niche, whether it's like for their own podcast that they're tra- trying to promote because of the their audience, or maybe a particular service, whatever it may be. What we found is that the The print-on-demand community is a a growing community, but it's also a very niche community. And so what an advertisement would look like is something that speaks to those particular demographics. So we spent in pretty much two straight months only working and talking to our clients. I mean, we talked to all of our clients, of course, but primarily getting to know our print-on-demand customers, asking them questions and doing interviews with our customers and saying, hey why did you choose this service? What were you looking for? What is it doing to help you, right? So in addition to the first survey that we did to get the clients, now that they are our members, now that they are paying us, we are talking to them on a more uh, casual basis and just asking them the questions of why, why are you doing this? Why did you sign up? And so what that information has been able to give us has basically been able to give us our ad copy and our marketing strategy for the next six months to a year. I love it. Because they said words, they said phrases, they've said these key things that allowed us to understand and speak the language, which then in turn converted our audience, or excuse me, converted our advertisements better. So saying things like, does unlimited graphic design work? Do they really care about unlimited graphic design? Do they care about this one feature that you think is like the coolest thing on the planet? Or do they really care about you helping them save time or you being cost efficient or you being, you know, maybe there's like a word that you never want to use within your marketing, but because your, your members or your clients say it repeatedly, why would you not use that phrase? You know?
0: Yep. It's called and, lingo. It's their lingo. Yeah,
1: if that's what makes them tick, if that's what makes them buy, then you'd be foolish to not use those words and so it's not necessarily using their word own words against them, but strategic marketing, you, you use a particular phrase that generates a buzz that that more than one person has mentioned. And I think that's another key thing too. If one person, right, says you should the reason why that I used Penji is because it saves time, you should not use that as a Bible. You should not consider that as law. If two, you know, five are our Barometer was five people. If five people said that particular phrase or that particular wording, then we knew that it was something of value to people.
0: Gotcha. Very good. So pivoting a little bit, you know, going through these first early stages of your business, your first 260 customers, what's been the biggest challenge you guys have faced, you know, growing Penji to date?
1: I think it's more so the internal thing, more so than it is like an external thing. What is the core story? that you are portraying you know i think that's i think a lot of people focus on brand and brand isn't necessarily something that you could come up with and that was something that we had a really hard time struggling with in the very beginning because we thought internally that like oh we can determine our brand well no your customers or your members dictate your brand not you so again going back to the surveys they tell you what they what they like and then you have to find a way to just explain that so That was a particular struggle, just like our story. How do you get that across in a way where it makes sense to the person? And I would also say in the very beginning, just finding the proper talent in order to source all the material and source all the execution. And then lastly, I'd say just leadership. Leadership is something that is so critical and you think that you might know how to run a business or run a team. But for me, in my experiences, I've... This has been the most life-changing year of my entire life, but it's also been, it's been the most life-changing year of my entire life in both growth from like a business perspective, but also like an internal perspective too. And so I think now growing and having so many people under you that their lives depend on you performing at your best. And so you have to kind of change your fundamental values as a human being because it's no longer about you anymore. You know, it's no longer about you as a CEO. It's no longer about you as like a professional. It's about them. And so what can you do in order to better their lives? What can you do in order to make sure that, you know, food is on the table, so to speak, or, you know, they get paid in a timely manner and they're all paid adequately. It's up to you to hire the right people in order for them to take the proper load off of your shoulders. You know, that extra weight that you're doing Maybe you have particular tasks that you're thinking about right now that you're doing that you probably shouldn't be. You know, you have to think to yourself, is that something that a leader would do? And the short answer to that question is I've had a lot of really hard conversations about that internally from like just not just by myself, you know, in my own head and saying like, well, I'm doing so much. Why am I not delegating this work? And it's, you know, there's a trust problem there too. And there's an ego problem as well. And so, what I'm cognizantly doing and trying to fix is that ability of how can I just check my ego out the door and just fundamentally just focus on what the most important things are and just kind of have that singular focus and be more prepared. I mean, there's so many things that fall under that umbrella, but just how can you be a better human being to your team?
0: Yeah, Being self-aware is the key on that, Jonathan. And it sounds to me like you're well on your way. You know, you're a young guy, you've got a You've got a tiger by the tail, you're growing very rapidly, you're profitable, you're not beholden to any any financing or venture capital. So you've got a lot of great things going for you. So we're gonna close it out for the so for the last two questions, we'll do a quick rapid fire. What's your favorite growth tool or software?
1: I would say I mean it's a combination of a couple of things. Like HubSpot is really great. Tool, I'm really into headspace.
0: Oh, so for um,
1: for but that's like meditation. more so for like no yeah, that's, that's okay more for meditation nope. and internal
0: perfect. What would be one book you would recommend to my audience and why?
1: Well, you know I think everybody constantly says the same set of books, and I'm not going to I'm not going to take that away. And so you have to read what I call the hits. You know the the all the hits, the most common business books, the Zig Ziglar's and the Napoleon Hills and the how to win friends and influence people, like all those, like you need to read those. They have a core fundamental value that you need to have, but I can give you a quick story. And I think hopefully your audience would appreciate this.
0: What would be the Um, one book though? If you had to pick one, what would be the one book you would recommend?
1: And then you can- Yeah, sure. So it would be Never Get a Real Job by Scott Gerber.
0: Listen, we're going to close it out for today. Do us a favor, let everybody know how they can learn more about Penji and connect with you, and then we'll wrap it up for today.
1: Sure. So uh, head over to Penji.co, is P-E-N-J-I ico If you liked anything that we said and, and what we believe in as an organization, we absolutely love and would love an opportunity to help you with your graphic design needs. So it's Penji.co.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, listen, we're going to wrap it up. I appreciate you joining us. Congratulations on all your success, and I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon.